Welcome to the All Saints Community Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. We are committed to being rooted in the scriptures and the historic Christian faith and to kingdom life in the power of the Holy Spirit. As you listen, may you be encouraged and empowered to know the Lord Jesus and make him known. For more information on who we are, visit allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC. We are All Saints Community Church, a community of worship and formation on mission with Jesus. And my name is Esther, and I'm on staff here. And I get the privilege this morning of bringing the word. So you guys, uh, let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. I do ask that you open all of our hearts, including mine. We would receive what you have. I pray that you would silence everything that's not of you. You would come and shine a light. Give us the gift of faith in Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning's passage is John 12, 44 through 46. And in the spirit of what I'm learning from Brock, if you've got your, word, if you've got your Bible with you, would you open your Bible to read it? We are also going to put it here, and honestly, my eyes can see this better than the reading, but I did bring my reading glasses. So this passage, this is why this passage is, is neat and special. This is the last time Jesus gave a public speech or sermon before the crucifixion. This is the last time, not with the disciples, he had private moments with the disciples, but this is the last time he's in public and he's speaking and he's, and, and he's saying these things are important and you'll see it even in the language. So we're going to read it together and then we'll begin. John 12, 44 through 46. Then Jesus cried aloud. Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me, and whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. We're going to look at both or all three of these verses but here's what I don't want us to miss. I don't want us to miss the significance that he's saying, I don't want you to remain in darkness. He doesn't want us to remain in darkness. Like, even right now, say, Lord, soften my heart to want to get out of, to bring to you the darkness. Begin that now so that so that um, as we're in the word together, I'm hoping that the end, we're all taking our darkness to Jesus, who is the light. 
But let's, uh, I want to start with a story. So <laughs> you need to know about me and my husband is that when we first got married, we lived on an ostrich ranch. And you might not know that we owned a pair of ostriches and their names were Fred and Ginger. <laughs> and also, irrelevant to the actual point of the story, but kind of funny, cost more than we made in years of income at that point in our, in our life. So we had these ostriches, and so my husband ran this ostrich ranch, so he's an ostrich wrangler. My husband is the most interesting man alive. He's lived in uh, the Amazon, grew up in Bolivia and Paraguay, and he's, he's fascinating. But it, part of the fascinating is that he was an ostrich wrangler. And one of the things that an ostrich wrangler must do is you have to get into the pen and gather the eggs. Additionally, if someone else should want to buy an ostrich and they come to the farm and they say, we would like some ostriches, he is the one who goes into the pen to get the ostrich. So how you do this is, so one is if you take a, uh, Take an item like a shovel or a rake, and you pretend like you're bigger than the ostrich. That is step one. Flexing as if larger than you are. That is one way to get the ostrich to kind of move where you want him or her to move. The second thing is, is if you can back them into a corner, then you can slip over their head a sock. True story. Once you get the sock over their head, they are docile, and you can move them wherever you want. You can lead them into small pens. You can steal their eggs. They will just not fight once they are in the dark. The enemy wants to get you in the corner. And he wants you to be in the dark. And he is flexing like he is bigger than he is. And I want to encourage you to recognize the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that the Lord that is in you is bigger than the one that is trying to steal from you and try to get you confined. So when we get that's at the very end of this three, these three verses. But what I want more than anything is for all of us to go to our Jesus with the darkness. Then Jesus cried aloud. I have that underlined because I want us to see that he wants to be heard. He wants to be heard right here. Then Jesus cried aloud, whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me, and whoever sees me sees him. Jesus wants to make it clear who he is. If you see me, you see God. Jesus is saying, 
I am not just a good prophet. I am not just a good teacher. I, Jesus is saying, I am God. He is not just the Son of God. He is God the Son. And he's saying it aloud, and then he's saying it among people who eventually crucify him for these very assertions. I want if, if you're in here and you're wrestling with your faith and you're, you know, Jesus is a good person or he is a good prophet and the teachings are phenomenal, but I don't know about following him. He died because he said he was God. And here he is saying it loudly. His last speech, the first thing he wants us to know is that when you see Jesus you see God. God the Father and God the Son are one. Whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as light into the world. Now what does light do? Light does a few things. Light brings super clarity. Like, it, it gives us, it lets us see an environment more clearly, it lets us take in more accurate information, it pushes back darkness. So, I'm 50, so when I sleep at night, if I wake up in the middle of the night and need to go to the restroom or let one of our dogs out or something, I try to stay in sort of a haze. I know the layout I know the land, right? I don't want to flip on the light because then I'm totally awake. And that'll be hours of, you know, making it up. So you, as, you, you kind of shuffle your way. Because at 50, if something is all of a sudden in the terrain and a fall happens, it's not quite as easy to recover as when it happens to the 16-year-old, right? So the light's out. I know the terrain, but I'm shuffling right? Just kind of making sure that nothing else, a dog or a thing, hasn't gotten in the way. But if you go to a friend's house or family's house or you're in a hotel and you wake up in the middle of the night and the terrain is unfamiliar, that's dangerous grounds for the 50-year-old. You wake up and you're like, oh, is it this side of the bed? Is that side of the bed? How do I? And you, you got to have light. And light keeps me safe. Light lets me see the terrain. Light lets me know where to go. <laughs> light keeps me from hip surgery. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Jesus is our light. And he wants us with him so that we can see clearly the terrain, so that we can see clearly things that are hidden. Say that again. So we can see clearly things are hidden. And sometimes we, me, I know what is hidden. And I'm not yet saying to Jesus, I want to bring this to you. And he's saying, I'm God. I love you. I'm the creator. He can be trusted, and you can take to him what is hidden. And I want to encourage you right now, if the Lord has brought something to mind, to say to the Lord, 
I'm coming to you with this. And some things are hidden are sin. Some things that are hidden are just secrets. And those secrets still trap us, and the enemy can still keep us confined and pinned with it. Absolutely. When I, I had some childhood secrets that I kept, a few of them, and I didn't share them because I was ashamed and embarrassed and it was no sin of my own, but it, I was still trapped. The enemy had me in darkness because of shame and embarrassment. And he gave me some revelation, like, I don't want this to be a secret anymore. I want you free. So what I did was I wrote down my story. And then I went to this little chapel in here, and I was in my mid-20s. Actually, I think I was 30 by the time I said it out loud. And I read it out loud to the Lord. I brought it to the Lord. Now, he already knew it. But for me, it was hidden. And I just poured out my heart to the Lord. It took a few hours because mostly I was weeping as I just brought to life, took the sock off, and just laid it on the table. And the enemy, because shame didn't have a hold anymore. And then the Lord uh, revealed to me he really wanted me to tell another human. Now, we don't have to tell all of our things to all of the people. That is not wise or truth. I would say all of the things to the Lord. And when the Lord says to another person, uh, you can trust him with that. You can trust him. There's even places, confess your sin one to another so that you may be healed. There's a place where we're, you know, sharing darkness with each other and the benefit of God in that. But please hear me say, I'm not saying share all the things with all the people, but definitely share all the things with our Jesus. Take it to the light. I have come as light into the world. Now here's something about Jesus that he's revealing about himself. He's come as light into the world. He left heaven to come to earth. There's something about Jesus and looking at Jesus as God that shows us things about the character of God. What is it about Jesus that they, about God that they were not seeing until they looked at Jesus? It's the upside-down nature of the kingdom that he came in a manger. He didn't come to be important. He identified with the least of these. You do it unto them, you've done it unto me. He touched the leper. He was with the poor. Um, he, call, he let women call him rabbi. Our sweet Jesus came into the world to show us what's important. And you know what's, what's not important? Being important. I'm not talking about not being important in the kingdom, but being important in the kingdom is the last and the least and being clothed in humility and not striving for significance and stature and title. Now, it's okay to have title. It's okay to have stature. That happens. But I say, ask the Lord to clothe you in humility and turn and give that back to him. Because it's a dangerous place. Because 
the nature of Jesus and his kingdom coming through his people is in humility. And, it, and, it's, and it's at the manger. And it's at the cross. And yes, it is also the resurrection, but that is him through us. I see, as, as a counselor, I see that, I should say, you know what, I'm just going to say, as me, <laughs> a, a, a thing I see in me that's not good. I'm not going to say, I, see, I do see it in other people, but this is true about me. I don't necessarily want stature for myself. My thing is I want it for my children in a way that reflects on me. So I kind of do want it for me, but in a way that's, it can, and I'm not saying don't want good for your kids. I'm not saying don't honor their gifts and recognize their gifts. But what is most important is that Christ is formed in them. That is what's most important. And uh, so I, you know, as my prayers are, all the, you know, I, I want, I, I, I pray blessing over my kids, and that's not wrong. But now I preface it with, Lord, if this is not about you forming yourself in them, if this is not about your kingdom, if this is not about them using the gifts that you gave them for your glory or on the path of, develop, uh, of taking them in that way, don't let it be. Because let me tell you, there's power in the words of a mama. Good and bad, right? So I want to celebrate my kids, and I enjoy it when they succeed. And like every parent, I think mine were the smartest, right? Um, but I, the Lord is like, don't, your significance is not there, Esther. Your significance is that you belong to me, that you're mine. I've put my spirit inside of you. I want you to be a part of my kingdom. He does want us to be significant in the kingdom, but it definitely does not look like what the world says success looks like. And if you wrestle with selfish ambition and vain conceit, and I really want to speak to the young adults, man, put it on the table now. And put it on the table every day. Because where there is selfish ambition and vain conceit, there's every kind of chaos in the church. And we're a part of the body of Christ together. And we're in this together. And when the selfish ambition and vain conceit comes up, it's chaos for all of us. So just be, hum put, be humble. Let, let the Lord shine a light on that darkness. And then go to the Lord and let him push back that darkness with his light. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. I want us to see the link between believes in me and should not remain in darkness. Believes in me, believes in Jesus, right? And what are we to believe in Jesus? Well, first of all, that he's God. He just said it. But also believes, there's an, belief is like, you are true. Jesus is true. And he's trustworthy. Belief, belief entails putting your full weight on something. If I sat in that chair, 
I have a belief that it is going to hold me up, and I sit in it and put my full weight on it. And when it comes to the Lord, he wants us to put our full weight on him. And let me tell you, it's exhausting pretending like you're sitting in the chair when you're really not and you're holding yourself up. It's exhausting. And anxiety producing and sweaty. I mean, that's a lot of work to hold yourself up. Believing in the Lord is believing that he is who he says he is, and he's trustworthy, and you can put your full weight on him, including your darkness. So when we trust him as God who made you, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So it's not just, there's lots of places where it mentions that Jesus is God. When you trust him, and you trust him as the Savior of the world and for yourself, that he is who he says he is, that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, when you, when you believe that, taking your darkness to him, it still is scary. Believe me, it was scary even just to say those words and where nobody could hear me but him because the enemy was pretending to be a lot bigger than he was. I want to encourage you right now, whatever the Lord is shining his light on, to go to him and let him either walk with you in the light through the darkness or maybe he pulls you straight out of it. But if you believe in him and you go to him as the light, he will not let you remain in the darkness. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the light of the world and that when we follow you that we can't remain in darkness and that we have the light of life. And I bless, I bless my soul and, and this church to know you as light and to have the courage to go to you with our darkness and let you shine your light and bring your light to our dark places. Come, Holy Spirit. And for those in here right now, and you're like, man, I do believe in Jesus. I do. And you know you're just pretending to sit because you're really wanting to do whatever it is, kind of still have your own. Hear the Lord. I bless you with faith. I bless you with faith to trust the Lord, to put your full weight down, to give up the things that are keeping you trapped and in the dark so that you can have the light of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Esther. Why don't we stand, church?